Praise the Lord. Welcome back, friends. It is certainly an honor and a privilege to have you back. And it is certainly an honor and a privilege to be back with you. And I welcome you to episode two of Underground Zion broadcast, Christ as our Passover. We are an expository teaching and preaching ministry of the word of God. Yes, friends, it's all about Jesus. If you joined us last time, and perhaps here it would be helpful to do a quick review. We discussed the purpose and the method of this broadcast. Our intention is that we do a macro telescopic view of the Holy Bible. That is to say that we wish to connect the dots and the stars of scripture so that we can view both the grand and the majestic landscape, and I do mean grand and majestic, landscape of what the word of God presents to us. Briefly, we talked about last time that the Bible is not a myth, that the Bible is not a fable, that it is not fantasy or fiction or science fiction. The Bible is not a mystery novel. It is not Carmen Sandiego, nor is it a Nancy Drew series or Sherlock Holmes, for that matter. Nor is it a secret code to be unlocked. The Bible does not contain special formulas or chants that can unlock all the divine mysteries of your life so as to bring you health, wealth and prosperity. Nor is the Bible a book of secrets only for the select few and the elite. The Bible does not belong only to those with a certain income. The Bible does not belong to just the rich, nor does the Bible belong to just the poor. The Bible is not a means of propaganda to push someone's own agenda not my agenda. It is not the Bible and the Constitution. It is not the Bible and communism or Marxism or socialism. It is not the Bible and Marcus Garveyism. It is not the Bible and any other agenda that man in his own flesh may wish to propagate. The Bible is not part one or two that's connected as a prequel or sequel to any of the world religions, so-called sacred scripture. It is not the Bible and the Book of Mormon. No, my friends. It is not the Bible and the Quran. It is not the Bible and any other sacred scripture that is being propagated today. Brothers and sisters, the Bible is not like any other book in the cumulative history of mankind, and for that matter, the universe. For the Bible, my friends, is God revealing himself to his creation, revealing himself to his creatures, and that means you and me. It is not up for debate. 
It is a declaration. More specifically, it is the revelation of God. The apostle Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 21, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The writer to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, who is the heir of all living things. And through also he made the universe. Furthermore, as we discussed briefly last episode, that this is an Exodus special report with a special emphasis on the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verse 13. For while our original intention was to do a book by book study, given our current social climate, and pandemic of this coronavirus. We have been felt led to change the playbook, if you please. Being that this nation and fallen world is in dire need of a fresh word and a word perspective. But more on that coming up. Also, if you're listening as we talked about last episode, we do have a few requirements for you tuning, uh, tuning in. And these requirements are few, but they are critical. Requirement number one, that you open your mind. Requirement number two, that you open your heart. And requirement number three, you must you must open your Bibles. Now, let us have a, a quick moment of prayer. Father God, in the name of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we want to give you all the honor, the power, and the glory and the dominion forever and ever, Lord. Father God, I ask that you use your Holy Spirit to reach out and touch all the listeners who are tuning in right now, Lord God. Father God, may your Holy Spirit convict them of sin, Father. Father God, may the light of your glorious gospel shine forth and break forth into their hearts, into their minds, and into their innermost being, Father God. Father God, we pray for right leadership and righteous leadership in this nation. Father God, we pray for all the first responders, the doctors and the nurses and the medics who are on the front line right now, Lord, who are on the front lines of this pandemic, Father God. And Father God, I ask that you bless our studies today and that you bless all those who are listening. And Father, we pray in your son Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, I make this declaration unto you. Jesus Christ is our Passover. 
No, Passover is not an Easter bunny. Passover is not a holiday. Brothers and sisters, Passover, as we're right in the thick of this Passover season, Passover is a person. And Passover is tied to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't believe me? Watch this. I can prove it to you. First Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven. That ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even watch this for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Brothers and sisters, did you get that? Therefore, friends, on the basis of God's revealed word, I declare unto you that Jesus Christ is our Passover. As that mighty prophet John the Baptist declared some 2,000 years ago, before the multitudes, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 29. And now I ask you, listener, have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Now I ask you, listener, have you been washed? In the blood of Jesus. But I digress. And that is only for a moment. My friends, what is the book of Exodus? In its name, it is a transliteration of the Greek word meaning going out or to go out. But the Hebrew people called this mighty and thrilling book. And I do mean thrilling. They called this book and these are the names, quote, which comes from Exodus chapter one, verse one. Now, in a technical sense, in a theological sense. The book of Exodus is the second book of Moses. Written by Yahweh through Moses in a series of books called the Pentateuch. Penta being the Greek abbreviation for the number five. And then Tuk or Tukos, which is the Greek word meaning book or scroll. The Pentateuch consists of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And within its contents are all the embryonic seeds of the great themes of scripture and doctrine, including the greatest theme, which is the salvation of men and women. Now, that being said, what is the book of Exodus? My friends, it is the book of redemption. I have a quote here for you. 
from Dr. Clarence Larkin, a Baptist minister from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And he says this about the Exodus narrative, and I quote, God's standard of power in the Old Testament is the Exodus. But before he could deliver Israel by his power, they must be redeemed by the blood. The Passover is a beautiful illustration of the plan of salvation through Christ Jesus. For even Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us as the blood of the Lamb of God save us. For ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. As the children of Israel dwelt in the land of Goshen, being that it was a part of Egypt, they came under the doom of Egypt as well, being that all the firstborn should die. To offset this, the children of Israel were commanded to take a lamb, a lamb without blemish, of the first year and kill it and take up the blood and sprinkle it on the two side posts and lintel of the door of their dwelling. And when the Lord saw the blood, God would pass over that house on that fateful night and destroy all the firstborn and not destroy the firstborn that were sheltered behind the blood marked door. The Passover was to be to Israel the beginning of months. It was to be their first month of the year to them. A man does not begin to live until he is saved by the blood of Christ. Brothers and sisters, how tremendous is that? And close quote. You see, friends, approximately 4,000 years ago, the Hebrew people were in desperate need of a redeemer. For it was, uh, so to speak, hard times for the Hebrews. Let's talk about it. You see, the Hebrew people in Egypt were going through a regime change. And this regime change didn't favor God's people very well. For 400 years before the time of Moses, they had lived in comfort and prosperity. And they had forgotten all about the Lord Jehovah, might I add. And then suddenly, boom, a new Pharaoh was elected. And well, he did much care for the Hebrew people. By the way, citizens, 
We're experiencing something like that today, are we not? We're experiencing something like that today in these United States of America. Friends, if I can go into uh, my personal history here. A few years ago, specifically in the year 2016, I was working as a community and political organizer in the city in the city of Philadelphia. For a few years before that, I had worked as a, a labor union organizer. I had done also some community active activism, activist work. Um, something that I was very much good at, something I found uh, very fulfilling. I had gotten a new job with a organization called Action United um, as a political and a community organizer um, all over the city of Philadelphia, specifically uh, South and Southwest Philly. So I took the job. I thought it was an awesome opportunity. Um, the 2016 elections were very much approaching. I knew that the city will be uh, charged with all kinds of um, excitement and fervor. Um, and at the time being, say, 26, 27, I thought that um, it would be a, a good opportunity for me. So I, I took the job and I went. And I was doing community, organiz uh, community organizing um, and voter election all throughout uh, the city of Philadelphia. But. And this is what I wish to tell you, friends. Hillary Clinton and other candidates were coming as the elections drew closer and closer, the national election, presidential election, as they drew closer and closer, there was going to be a Democratic convention uh, taking place around Philadelphia City Hall. Especially, well, excuse me, around Philadelphia City Hall, but particularly around Independence Hall. And Independence Hall is where some of the great proclamations of this country's founding fathers were made. Uh, it's the, it was the area and the hotbed of the uh, American Revolution. Also the think tank of the American Revolution. And they were publicizing it all through the through the city and on the news. So I said, man, I got, I got to be there for that. It took place around six or seven o'clock in the, the evening. I caught the 33 bus. It was a straight shot from North Philadelphia, which where I was staying at the time. A 20 minute trip downtown and then boom, I'll be there. I stepped all the, uh, off the bus and I saw multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people. But I also saw something else. There were tons of people walking around with blue signs saying, you know, I'm a Democrat. And then there were some folk walking around with red signs saying that they were Republicans. And as the convention gave way, there was a fervor that started to, to build up. To be more specific, there was an anger 
that started to build up. And very quickly, those who had blue signs and those who had red signs became very much antagonistic towards one another. And before you know it, fights started to break out. Now in Philly, and now in Philly, that's not too unusual. But this was of a different nature. Fights started breaking out. White people who were holding red signs began to brawl and fought and fight on the street and cuss out one another. Those of different races and, and, and nationality and creeds who were holding blue signs. All this going on in a, in a civilized city and nation, which was supposed to be a civilized democratic convention. Brothers and sisters, it was utter chaos and evil. And as I got back on the 33 bus, I knew from that point on that the year 2016 was going to be a regime change and that the change happened quick and that things would not be the same as usual in the U.S. So I state again, brothers and sisters, we as a country have gone through some changes, have we not? We as a nation have gone through a regime change, have we not? All was not well in Israel when they were going through their regime change, and all is not well in these United States of America. For we have forgotten about God. We have lost our dependence upon God. What we need is not a declaration of independence, but a declaration of dependence towards the creator of the heaven and the earth, the Elohim. But again, my friends, I digress. If you have your Bibles open and you should, I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 12. And we shall read through verses 1 through 14. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying that in the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor, glory be to God, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it, according to the number of the souls, every man according to his eating, shall he make a count for the lamb. And your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. And ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it, watch this, 
on the two side posts, on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night roasted with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat it not of the raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire with the head, with his legs and the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded and your shoes on your feet, which means you be ready to go. And your staff in your hand and you shall eat it in haste. For it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And again, all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment against. Don't miss that, my friends. The Lord said, I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt. For I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an ordinance forever. Glory be to God. Brothers and sisters, I tell you today and listener, if you're tuning in. This nation, these United States of America, we have many gods, do we not? We have a money God. We have a wealth God. We got a prosperity God. We have a possession God. We have our American idols. <laughs> How about that? We have become dependent on wealth and prosperity. We have become dependent upon our military might. We have become dependent upon our technology. We have forgotten all about God. Brothers and sisters, we've taken prayer that is in Jesus name out of our governments. Brothers and sisters, we've taken prayer that is in Jesus name out of our schools. Brothers and sisters, we've taken prayer in Jesus name. And this is perhaps the most tragic out of our home. For brothers and sisters, the foundation of any society or civilization known to man is the very home itself. When the home is broken, when the home being the man, the woman and the child, and I mean it in that order and just that. When the man and the woman. And the child are in Christ Jesus when their home is covered by the blood of the lamb. 
and they are in submission to Christ Jesus, that is the foundation of any grand and great functioning society. When the home is broken down, then the school shall be broken down, and then the government shall be broken down, and then civilizations shall be broken down. Brothers and sisters, hear me. This coronavirus isn't the result of some mad scientist in Russia. This coronavirus is not produced by a bi biological weapon from China. And even if such were the case, we would still be missing the point. This coronavirus is a judgment from an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent, all-powerful God. For the word of God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God told that to King Solomon in this hallmark passage, calling the nation of Israel to repentance. The book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, 14. I hope you got your Bibles open. My friends, I pray for the revival of this nation. My friends, I pray for the restoration and, re and the renewal of this great country. For even I myself have served and currently serve in the U.S. Army in the Virginia National Guard. But, my friends and listeners, if you're tuning in today, this is for you. Is the blood of Jesus on the doorpost of your house? And is it on the doorpost of your head? And has the blood of Jesus been shed abroad, broken open, into your heart, my friend. Listeners, if you're tuning in, have you trusted in the lamb that was slain? Who died so that you and me can have everlasting life? Brothers and sisters, as we read from Exodus chapter 12. Did you catch it and did you see it? That God's judgment was pronounced on every firstborn in the land. It didn't matter if you were Hebrew or Egyptian or Phoenician or an Edomite or black or white or Chinese or Italian or African or American. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Book of Romans chapter 323. Book of Romans, chapter 2, verse 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. Brothers and sisters, we must come to an understanding in this country. That we don't have a special privilege just because we're American. The gospel of God bless America and no place else is anathema. It is apostasy. It is an abomination. For God wishes to seek and save all men. 
and God will also judge and bring his chastisement upon all men and women as well. Brothers and sisters, we have to understand that you and I, we have something called sin. Now hear me in this. Sin is not just an action. My oh my, how we get this wrong and confused. Sin is not because you had too much chocolate. <laughs> Sin is not because you ate too much Chipotle. Sin is not because uh, you, you drink beer or you, you smoke cigarettes or cigars. Uh, don't get me wrong. Sin manifests itself in action. But that is not the biblical definition of sin. Brother, brothers and sisters, when the Bible talks about sin, it speaks of our sin nature. As the Apostle Paul once stated, in the, uh, including King David, I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. My friends, we have a sin nature. It is deeply embedded within us. It's something that we have no control over. And God hates sin. Brothers and sisters, if you have your Bible open, turn with me to chapter 5 of Romans, verses 12 through 21. And perhaps this can shed some light on our sin situation. Listen to what the word of God has to say on this matter. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that we all have sinned. Did you catch that, brothers? For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, Death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even them that had not sinned after the similarity of Adam's transgression. Who is a figure of he that was to come. But not as the transgression so also is of the free gift. For if through the offense of one many die. Much more. The grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Brothers and sisters, what the Apostle Paul is telling us is that when our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned, sin brought on death. What is death? separation from God. It is not just the body going into the ground or the grave. By sin and death, we are separated eternally from a holy God of whom there is no sin. Now you may be asking at this point, well, Minister Kersey, I hear you. But why is it that I have to suffer because of what my parents did so many eons ago. 
brothers and sisters, I know you may not like it. None of us do. But that doesn't stop it from being true. You may not like gravity. But you go on ahead and walk off that cliff if you want to. The Bible is not the opinion of man. It is not even the opinion of God. It is God revealing himself as truth and as the facts. Many of you, as we've gotten older, we recognize that we inherited the nature of our parents. Whether it be a certain predisposition to say alcohol or drugs. Whether it be a certain predisposition uh, to this kind of action. Or this way of thinking. Even in regards to our parents, we inherit their nature. But do we cry and complain? Well, sometimes we do. I know I have. But brothers and sisters, that's just the way it is. And what the Apostle Paul is telling us in the book of Romans chapter 5. Is that through the fall of Adam. And all of us being within the body of Adam. And Adam being the head and the representative of the human race. We all suffer the consequences of sin. We must understand this. Just like in this very country and nation today. When a few big wigs in Congress. Or in the White House for that matter. When they make a mistake, when they make a when they have an error in judgment. When they make a decision about this country, it affects us all, does it not? Because they represent, at least they say so, but because in theory, they represent the people and the will of the people. Adam represented the entire human race. And because of Adam's error in judgment, we, even these many eons and generations later, suffer the consequences. But brothers and sisters, whereby, as the Apostle Paul says, whereby through one man sin entered the world, also by one man grace has abounded. And through this one man, his name being the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, not only being greater than just a representative of the human race, but being God in the flesh, being God tabernacle in the very flesh himself, bore the sins of humanity on the tree of the cross. And if we shall approach him at the foot of the cross and lay our nature and lay the sin nature that we have at his feet and reckon ourselves to uh, dead to the cross, we can have our sins removed. Brothers and sisters, this is tremendous. 
How wonderful is this? You see, there was a time when I was studying in university that I studied uh, world religions. And glory be to God, the Lord led me out of world religions, but I minored in it. I was an English major, but I, I, I minored in, in religious studies. And it, and it interested me so much, including philosophy, that I thought I was going to make it a major and, and make it my uh, general career path. Um, but the Lord had other uh, other plans. Amen. But one thing that I came to understand. And my conclusion when I studied different world religions is this. And if I can put it in a nutshell, this is what I mean. All other so-called world religions, brothers and sisters, are asking you to do something. All other world religions are asking you to pray this many times or to fast this many times or to, to do this and that. They're always asking you to do something. But the God of the Bible is asking us to believe what God has done for you. And the God of the Bible and Christianity, which really isn't a religion, Christianity is a faith. It doesn't even fit the definition of religion. But the God of the Bible is unique where he is saying, I am asking you to believe and what I have done for you, not anything that you can do for me. Because the question becomes, brothers and sisters, if I have to work or do something to get into heaven, how will I ever know that I've done enough? That is certainly something to, to feed on. But now, friends and listeners, the question is, if God is asking you to believe in something, the question now becomes, what will you do with it? And to that, this I say, brothers and sisters, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Acts 16, verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall, you will be saved. Minister Kersey, is it that simple? Yes, my friends, it is that simple. The blood still works. Will you trust him today? Listeners, I'm glad for you tuning in to episode two entitled Christ Our Passover of Underground Zion Broadcast, an expository teaching and preaching ministry of the word of God. Yes, friends, it's all about Jesus. Next episode, episode three, we, are be, we will be going more into the story of Exodus, God willing. And we will also more specifically get into a character called Moses. I mean, who is this man called Moses? We hear so much about him 
And that's what we're going to, to tackle on our next episode. So I hope you got something out of this. I hope this was an opportunity to crack open your, your grandmom's Bible that's been collecting dust for years and years. Get the dust off. Shake the dust off. Get the cobwebs off. There is hope. There is hope past this coronavirus and there is hope past this life. And I know this because the Bible tells me so. Let us pray. Father God, we just want to thank you for another opportunity and the honor and the privilege to delve into your holy word, Father God. Father God, I ask that you be a mighty warrior, Lord Jesus, around all those who are tuning in to this podcast. May you bless the work of their hands. If they're shut in, Lord God, remind them that they, they are not shut out, that they may be shut in, but they are not shut out from your love and from your grace, Father. Father God, may the light of your gospel and the precious blood of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, shine in their hearts and sink down deep within their ears to their inner man and to their innermost woman. And may you break them open, Father God, with your almighty love, with your divine love, Father. Father, again, we pray for all the first responders in this nation who are on the front lines of this epidemic and this coronavirus. Father God, we ask and I ask that the blood of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, be on the home of every listener today. That it be on their husbands and their wives and their spouses and their children. And that you pr protect them, Father, from the destroyer. For we recognize that this is your chastisement, Father. And we are responding to your word, Lord. To get deeper to you to get closer to you, to know of you, and to learn of your word, Father God. And for all those who are listening, if they do, if you do know them and they know you, Lord, and maybe they've been going to church for years and years, Father God, may you strengthen them in this, in this trying hour and may you build them up furthermore in your most holy faith. But Father God, maybe there's some who are tuning in right now who have never heard of the Bible or Jesus or didn't know any of this stuff. Father God, with your Holy Spirit, I ask that you work into their heart, that you plant the seed of the gospel into their minds and their soul, and that you protect it and water it and make a fence and a hedge around it from the evil one, Satan. And Father God, that you may save them unto everlasting life. Past this coronavirus and past this world into eternal righteousness and the righteousness of your dwelling place. The throne of heaven. Father, now we give you all the honor, the power and the glory and the praise. In your mighty son, Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Until next time, friends, get in your word, get in your Bible, and stay prayed up.